The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Episode 3.0, still without a name as of this moment, but we're getting there. Yeah, we'll have one by next week for sure. We've got we've got options at this point. Which we've is, at least narrowed it down somewhat. Right. Josh, Dan, talking sports and whatever else we kind of feel like, I guess. Appreciate you listening. We actually have some pretty good feedback. Yeah. You've get you've had people listen that are Sundrop fans. Yeah, yes, we do. Um, Joe you know. listens in his car, yeah. which I think is awesome. Seeing that on the dashboard, yeah, that was nice. And uh, you know, a lot of other friends, and yeah. hopefully that if it's good, they'll tell somebody. And you know, if it's bad, we want to know. You know, go on iTunes, subscribe yep. to us, or give us a review or a like or how, however that I don't that world that's, works. That's and sub- subscription, you know. I guess that's yeah. pretty much what it it's is. It's free, so. I guess. Right. Yeah. Doesn't what, cost you anything. What the hell? It cost us anything except time. Yeah. But that's yeah. Exciting day. Exciting week, at least for me. Not really for you. Don't really care, do you? Well, look at you. You're just drilling a hole through me already. No, no, not at all. I mean, hey, look. <laughs> uh huh. It's not like I'm <laughs> mad that the Aaron Rodgers is going to be a pack. I, I mean, where else was he going to go? It's not no. like they weren't going to not sign him. Well, and I, I listened to Kornheiser and Wilbon. That was their that was their lead story today, and I, I don't know if it was on purpose or he was just trying to draw out Wilbon as a Bears fan, but. He made it sound like the Packers made a foolish move by doing it two years before his contract was up and not franchise tagging him before they could link him or ink him to a long-term. And I was like, to me, the way he's talked about his contract situation right now, he's already, it's kind of passive-aggressive. It's kind of irritated that he's not back up at the top or at least in the top two, top three. And now he was down at ninth before this new contract was signed. So I don't know why when you get that feeling, and maybe because he's on the national, he doesn't kind of live here in the area and doesn't hear all the quotes that we do or read all the quotes or hear some interviews. But I, I just don't know why you would risk alienating your franchise quarterback any more than necessary. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean... He's more than earned his money. I mean, let's, right. let's oh, be no, honest. That's, and that's and fine. if you know, I, I was thinking about it this afternoon when I saw it come, uh, you know, pop up on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going, I think everybody would say that he's the best player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you took a poll of a hundred people, I think he would probably get a majority of the votes. Sure, Tom Brady or him. Um, if you're going to pay LeBron James, who's the best player in the NBA. Close to forty million dollars. If you're going to pay Bryce Harper, close to thirty million dollars in baseball, I have no problem paying Aaron Rodgers thirty-three million dollars a year. No, I, I mean the guy. You're you're in the play. If he, if he's healthy, you're in the playoffs every year. You have a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's all you need at the end of the regular season. Is you, you get into the postseason, you got a chance. And he's shown whether you're the six can, seed or the one seed. It, it, yeah, yeah. And he's shown that he can win games that you have no business winning. Right. So I mean, you know. 
he's he's worth every penny of it as a Bear fan. You know, yeah, he's been in the, in the division for a long time. Before that, it was Favre. It's the same old thing. Packers always have a good QB, so that's it's nothing Seems new. Like it anyway. Yeah. Um, Brett Hundley is gone. That also happened today, which I, it was right when I, I was walked. A little out of work. surprised, honestly. Um. Yeah, I don't know whether I would use the word surprised. I guess. I mean, the Brett Hundley show has been seen already. Sure, sure. And I think from what everything that I've read, I don't really know. <laughs> you basically made Brett Hundley the sacrificial lamb for a third quarterback. In, right. In Tim Boyle. Right. Which I'm not a personnel man. That seems a little weird to me, I guess. But I, if you're going to keep one of them and you've got the guy with the bigger upside that has played in a one of the worst franchises in all of sports in the last couple decades, I, I guess maybe you take a chance given what you've already seen last year. Guy didn't throw a touchdown pass in however many home games that he played. Um, you've got the coach talking that he believes in him, but week after week, I mean, you know, he turns out to be the turd in the punch bowl on the field. Uh, so when you just go one way with the new guy, I don't really know what you're risking. Well, and I th- more I, so than you had last year. I don't think that that was a hundred percent a football decision. I think that was a lot of asset management. Oh, for sure. You know, Brett Hundley now had those eight or ten games from last year under his belt, so there's tape of him. And I'm sure the Packers tried to trade him during the offseason, and they probably got no takers based on his performance last year. He comes back here in the preseason. By all accounts, he's played reasonably well. And, uh, you know, to get a six-round pick for him, um, probably not the worst thing in the world. As opposed to maybe what they could have got earlier in the summer. Maybe that's more than what they got. How about you know what before I'm saying? he took the field last season? Probably well, could have well, gotten more. more sure. But you, you weren't in this situation where you, or there's a realistic... Well, they weren't willing to trade him. They, they, they had high hopes for him, and then they put him out there and they saw what he was. And maybe they had to take a step back, too, and be like, okay, well, this isn't going to work long term. We need to get somebody else in here, maybe a little more uh, uh, athletic, better throwing arm, whatever the evaluation yeah. is. Willie talked about his accuracy and not what it what it was, but yeah. you've you've had you've had an X number of years in the same system. Yep. Y- you got more than a half a season with a lot of the starters, and you can't perform. Well, the, so o- the only guy that played well when he was the Devontae quarterback Adams. was Adams, yes. and that was just basically a guy making his own plays, M- making plays, so earning his contract. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Hunley's gone to keep a third string quarterback, which I, I guess you, if you want, if you get that far, you're, you're it doesn't matter anyway. No, I mean it <laughs> really doesn't. I mean? But he's trust I mean, me, as yeah. a Bear fan, when you see Caleb Haney trotting out there, <laughs> it don't matter. Well, no how more. is okay? You and I have not really talked about that because you you kind of just slough off the Bear talk every once in a while that we actually get to talk in football. Well, there's not a lot to say I, yet. No, I understand. You know, but. I mean, when you've had to live through this long list of quarterbacks, is it worth getting excited for this guy? No, no, that's why I'm saying there's not there's nothing for me to really say about Trubisky because, I mean, what have we seen? He played nine or ten games last year. They handcuffed him. Every throw he made was either like a five yard out or it was a screen pass. I heard today on the radio he. 
He's only taken 900 career snaps in college and the pros combined. Yeah. That's it. I know he didn't take many while he was at. That's why last week him not NC playing State. against the Chiefs in that third preseason game was head scratching to me. I don't. I just think a guy like that needs the reps, even if he's just turning around and handing the ball off. You know, just to be out there to read the defense to just get in game mode. But so you'd rather I don't know. We'll, you'd rather we'll that see. he he would play like a series like Rogers did, even though there's five preseason games. He didn't play in the opener, right? Um, did he, he barely did, played play in the, the first two? one? He okay. played. Like half the second, half of the first quarter in the, I guess what would have been the Bears' third one, right? And then he didn't play at all, and he's not going to play at all this week. So how, how much? I, and I don't know. And I he's mean, not necessarily a, a a veteran coming back where you don't no. need a whole lot to kind of get familiar with things again and just get the reps. So you you would think the developmental time would be useful, I guess. I look at their roster, and they've got for the first time in several years, they've got talent. It's just a matter of, you know, can can they figure things out offensively? Because their defense is probably going to be pretty good. It was pretty good last year. Um, but, you know, you can't rely on Jordan Howard to rush for, you know, 1,800 yards and <laughs> 17 touchdowns to, to carry your offense. So um, they don't have to score a lot of points down in Chicago. I mean, I've always believed that that particular team, because of where they play and the weather conditions down there, they have to build defense first and then mm-hmm. kind of have an offense that – is is good enough, um, but you know we'll we'll we're gonna find out real quick this year whether or not Trubisky is a franchise quarterback. I'm really curious to see how Smith does because he's he was he didn't come to camp. Mm-hmm. Then when he got to camp, he got hurt. Well, and now he hasn't played much. When all these guys hold out or don't come to camp, what do they do? They pull a hammy, right? Because now all of a sudden they try to catch up and do all that extra yep. physical work, and they haven't been. And you can say you're working out in private. It's not the it, same. It's not. It's not the same. It's not. Working out by yourself is not the same as practice, and practice ain't the same as a game. So, <laughs> I and for for Nagy to say that he's one of our inside guys, he's going to be ready to go week one. Can you really be ready to go week one without any snaps? Well. <laughs> I mean, pure. Football, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the guy is a hell of an athlete. I mean, probably, I don't know anything. You know, but can make a play or two, but you're not going to have him in there a lot. You can't. Yeah, he's not. A, he's not in shape. You're going to match him up against a tight end on some stuff, and well, you're going to match him up against Jimmy Graham. I mean, week one. I mean, welcome, I, welcome to the welcome league. to the league. <laughs> Good luck catching that jump ball in the corner that Rogers throws in the bread basket, where only one guy can catch it. Pretty much, bastard. Last. Uh, Last preseason. Are you thankful that the preseason is oh over? God. We can get started now? Yeah, I can start watching football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched really any you anything. Get, you get anything? I mean, you can't watch the Bears because they're not on a state not, statewide network here. Well, I mean, the, they, no. They carried anywhere? They, they the, well, the Chiefs game was on Saturday, and I watched a little bit of it until I realized that nobody was playing, and then I turned <laughs> it off because I didn't really need to see Chase Daniels. You so you've know. seen that show before? No, but I don't want to see it. I don't care. I don't care about backups and, you know. See, that's whatever. where I, it's, I like football enough where I'll probably even tune in a little bit on Thursday night just to see because there's still a handful of spots that are up for grabs. And the way that injuries happen so frequently now in the league, you could go one quarter, even one half, and you could be back to your third guy. Yeah. It, it just could happen. Mm-hmm. And I... I like being familiar with players. I just don't want to be, you know, be texting my cousin Michael. Be, who the hell is this? 
you know, right. I, I, I don't know because I didn't pay attention to the preseason. That's just why I actually pay attention. And you're a football but, nerd. So uh, that's fine. Kind of some of that stuff, but. Well, it's been an interesting uh, week again for the crew. Oh. Three and two since we were last here. I two mean, two bad losses too. Two blowout bad. losses. You done with Junior Guerra? Oh man, I've been done with that guy f- since April. I think they're done with him too. Yeah, for, for the yeah. for the I remainder mean, it, there. A couple starts left, but I mean, you got Davies coming up. Sounds like yeah, uh, he's he's coming back on Sunday. Yep, through a complete game shutout. I mean, yeah, well. you're, how how much if you're a major league caliber pitcher and you're at class A, what is a what is a complete game shutout? I don't mean think the you? stats matter as much as yeah. probably how hard the ball, you know, all that. Sabermetric stuff, stuff, how hard the ball yeah. was hit and right. in his location and stuff, but we'll we'll see. I mean, the the rotation has not been good. Um, you know, Anderson got a win the other night, but again, he can't keep the ball in the ballpark. I think he gave up two home runs again. Um, I I don't know. You know, Guerra. Thirteen he, he, he batters. Went, well, he went. He got four outs. So you're asking your bullpen to get twenty seven outs. And you're already down six. six to nothing in 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 two innings. I mean, you score seven runs on the road, you you should win the game. You'd think. You'd think. You know, but I don't know. This is uh, it's it's gonna get hairy here for the last thirty games. I mean, they're six back of the Cubs, which I'm 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 glad that that race is over. They were it, it, they were never is. gonna win that no. the division. They were never gonna catch the Cubs. You could have asked a lot of Brewer fans though in the first half of the season, and that was Well, they were either delusional or they weren't watching. You know. I mean the Cubs were playing like crap and they were still only two games back almost the entire People first half. People only look at the standings. Yeah. They don't look at how anybody else is doing. We're in first. Chris Bryant hasn't right. played in like no. six weeks. And I I read the thing about Joe Madden today about the so called being on the being on, the, Joe Madden. being on the hot seat, he's missing two of his regular starters. Yep. Bryant's on the DL. The closer's gone. And you're going to tell me that your manager that took you to the NLCS for three years and won you World Series is on the hot seat? No. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's just that big market. I And that's know, fine. Made but up I, media I, crap. I don't even know who would want to even write that in a blog to, like, clicks, man, to start any fires I on that. I don't know. That, I, I don't get it Because the first thing what I did when I read that, I'm like, that's, I, I can't even, why? Yeah. And he, and somebody asked him about it in his press conference, and he, I think he has the same response as me, like, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Who's I'm his sure, source? And I'm sure he really cares, because he's, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, bottom line is that the Cardinals never lose, or it, se- it certainly no, seems like is, they don't. don't. And Matt Carpenter is, you know, Yelich, I mean... In any other season, he would probably be a front runner for the MVP, and I mean, I think he's trying to play himself into consideration for that. But how many man, dro- he drove in last night? He drove in I think five, five, two homers and yeah. five RBIs. Yep. But man, Carpenter has been just on an absolute tear. And and uh, is this new manager going to be a, another in the long line of Cardinals guys that has the unwritten rules and probably uh, and I, like. I mean, Head above everybody else, looking down. They're all a bunch of. They're all a bunch of arrogant weirdos over there. I mean, who knows? There's no team. I mean, as much as I don't like the Packers, the arrogant weirdos. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) As much as I don't like the Packers, and you know, I'm I I have a strong dislike for the Cubs. There's nothing that surpasses my hatred for the St. Louis. Is that your all time? Yeah, that's your team. Yeah, yeah. And and I never thought that the Cubs would be surpassed because all my life growing up, it was the Cubs. But man, the Cardinals, 
since about 2006. I don't know, man. Something what, something with them and the Brewers when they get together. What tripped your trigger there? I don't remember, but it, it's just all that it's all that unwritten rule stuff. It's where I get to be in you and you being me back and you're out of line and what you know, oh what we never do anything wrong. Right. You know, you didn't the run whole, you didn't run the bases fast enough in your home run. It's like <laughs> give me give me a break. The the whole incredulous, like what? Yeah. I don't know. Why are you guys mad? No. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, bullshit you yeah. don't. So hopefully, so, so the Cardinals are your team. All yeah, right. hopefully the Brewers can can catch them, and uh, hopefully somebody else can catch them as well and knock them out of the playoffs. Because I do not want to see them in a one game scenario down at Bush Stadium in the wild card round. Well, it and it's I, not that would not be uh, a fun game to watch. And it hasn't been pretty before Tuesday night's game. I read the stat of the thirty games that they had left going into Tuesday, and twenty one of them were against division opponents. And they've got the second worst record against division opponents outside the Reds. Yeah, they just can't beat anybody in their division. Mm-mm. And they started off on a bad foot with the Reds. Um, so I mean, it right now the way things are adding up, it's if you didn't think it looked promising heading into the last month of the season, if you really dig deeper into the stats, I don't really see much hope. Regardless, unless somehow everything comes together. Yeah, I mean what. What did it, was there, I can't remember the website that wrote the article about the Brewers that are kind of kicking off the old mantra that positions matter. They're they're trading positions well, for, they off, matter. For, for offense. They matter. And they're doing this grand experiment. It's a bad one. I don't <laughs> like it. Just, just plug guys in that apparently can field, and it doesn't matter where you can play second, except they can't. shortstop, except, third. Except they can't. I mean, outfielders yeah, tra- at first. Travis Shaw can field. But he can't move. Left, so right. so when he's playing second base, these balls that would be easily fielded by VR, Scope, you know, anybody, uh, Sogard, anybody that's a true second baseman, they're getting they're getting through. And they say nothing of turning a double well, play. And, and and they've they've screwed those up. They've screwed up plays at first where guys, you know, Aguiar comes off the bag to field the ball. Nobody's there because Shaw's not used to covering a base. Right. And and it's just like you know, you get down to these games and you play teams like the Cardinals, they don't make those mistakes. The Cubs don't make those mistakes, you know. It's just, it's frustrating to watch that. But, you know, this is this is the route that they chose to go and they went bats over arms and, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens here in the next month. So outside of them getting all of a sudden hot in the last month of the season, and I mean. They could. You're, they I mean, could. Is there? I mean, are we going to call up Keston Hira and just try and watch him rake? I mean, he can't. He, he can't well, by he can't all throw. accounts, he can't play the field either. No, they're they're so, projecting so him to po- probably be an outfielder later in his career. So, I uh, I don't know. I mean, who are we going to call up? I mean, Saturday's call up day. Is there anybody that's just knocking down the door? To I mean, you're going to bring up Broxton, I would assume. All the guys that have been coming up and mm-hmm. going down, a couple of yeah, arms, I think that's what it's going to be. Stuff, stuff like a that. A lot just, of people we've seen throughout the season, and just up and down. Yeah. All right. What else we got going on? Bucky got a, got a football game Friday. Well, was, I think they're 33, 34 point favorites. Is that what it is that much? <laughs> $1.35 million. That's the payday. That's the that's job. What, that's, that's what Kentucky's get, Western to, Kentucky's getting? To do the J-O-B that's at, not bad. At, at, at Camp Randall. Pin me, pay me. It's not a bad gig. It's not. Um, I like in a couple of years when they've got this Notre Dame series. Um, they've got a couple of decent teams on the horizon that you're going to play, but I mean, this year with your your 
Western Kentucky, your New Mexico, and your BYU. I tell you what, though, you're probably thankful you're missing these couple of receivers for these games instead yeah. of when you hit the Big Ten schedule oh, yeah. and you start at Iowa and stuff really hits you in the face really fast. For sure. And I mean, he, I, I don't the, know how long Cephas is going to be out, but Davis has gone for two. Right. Getting him back for the BYU game, and, you know, they're not what they were in years past, but they're still a, you know, a quality football team. That'll be nice to have Davis back. But, yeah, you would think they would be able to ground and pound and turn turn these guys over in the first couple of games with those receivers out. Well, and especially if you're pass-happy, like the and I don't I can't remember the quarterback's name. I, I read his name this morning, but he won the job in camp because the coach said that he only had two turnovers in camp. Hmm. Didn't say anything about his arm strength, didn't say anything about his accuracy, didn't say anything about his leadership, just didn't turn the ball over. <laughs> so you've basically got a glorified game manager, which we've had at Wisconsin for yeah, however many most, years. Most of our adult life. Guys that just win games, yeah. and that's a great statistic. Yep. yep. Um, but when you've got a lot of help at a lot of other positions, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what Western Kentucky has. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked at you know their their stats or anything from years past. The coach has only been there. This is be I think his second year. Um, Brom picked him up a couple of uh, years and and got him up there, and then he took off for Purdue. So. I don't know what what Western Kentucky has, but you play at Camp Randall and you're a non-conference opponent from a, a non-Power 5 conference, you're, you're generally going to get pounded. Generally. Unless you're Gar Anderson in Utah State. But. Well, there's that. Or I think that one. Isn't, though, talking about Badger quarterbacks just kind of got me thinking, like, some of the guys that have been there, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Stocko yep. and Kavanaugh and uh, Bart Houston and Stobby. <laughs> He's the quarterback's coach now. Even Hornibrook now, it's like watching these guys on, in, you know, like an 11 o'clock game at Illinois or something, and you're watching them, and you're like, how are they not up 30-3? to three? And the quarterback's just doing – what these guys do, and it's like going to the dentist watching this. It's like having a cavity, and somebody's just yanking it out of your mouth. I I, I am looking forward to your text messages oh, about about Horny Brook whenever he drives me crazy. State. But he, hey, he had a really good Orange Bowl against he Miami. Did. So he if, had a really bad couple of games that they still won too. You yes, know? And that's, that's and that's the that's where the whole well, you know, he's got a great record. But he, it's hey, like, he, well, he does. Went but, to the Manning camp and he won the competition for whatever that's worth. What dopious look, <laughs> man? Did he have the best Manning face in the camp? That's that has to be a side competition. Oh, it's gotta be. Would, gotta <laughs> be just that it. blank. Dumb Here, stare. You're gonna go throw an interception, and we're gonna take a picture of you immediately yeah. afterwards. Everybody just to see your reaction. Everybody knows Eli face. It's just, it's the best. <laughs> I, I mean, as far as expectations are concerned with the season, I, and I said it last week, and and Michael and I talk about this all the time because that's pretty much all we do is talk about the Packers, and the Badgers. This could be a better team than last year and have a worse record. Sure. Yeah. As sucky as that is, I do not think they're going undefeated into the Big Ten. Title oh game. no, absolutely! I, I, I don't not. think so. I think a Michigan or somebody will knock them off. And hey, again, Iowa Week yeah, One. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one at Iowa. I mean, that's that's a tough one. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And this is a lot like the first half of the Brewers season for me. These these three non conference games, you get excited. You love to see blowouts, but you really can't take anything from it until the Big Ten schedule starts. Listen, if they go ten and two and play in, you know, the Cotton Bowl, the Cotton Bowl or something, 
There's nothing wrong with that. I, I heard a stat this morning on Dan Patrick. He said there's only six teams from power conferences that have had like over a 500 record each of the last 20 years. And it was like, you know, uh, Alabama, USC, Ohio State. Ohio, no, Ohio State wasn't nope. on there. The only Big Ten team was Wisconsin, okay. but there, it was six teams. And it was, you know, it's pretty impressive for the Badgers to be on that list. And, uh, you know, if they can keep racking up these 10, 11 win seasons and, Keep getting recruiting classes like you know Chris is getting. Um, no. You know they're going to have a chance to hopefully compete for a national championship. A lot of the players are saying they don't really know what they have on defense yet because the D line is so thin and the secondary is unproven. I'll you tell you what they have. They starters. have probably two guys on that team that we don't even know who they are that'll play on Sundays in about three years because like, that that defense just keeps spitting out NFL players and they're not. Highly recruited guys, they're not big name guys, but that seemed to be what Chris Peterson did at Boise State. Yeah, before he went to Washington, he he got he got the castoffs that nobody wanted, and you're just going to come in here. We're going to develop you. You're going to work harder than anybody else. And then for some reason, they had a really good team, and when they played the big dogs, they were right there with them. Yep. So I. I mean, I like the blue collarness, and I like the whole tuning out all the outside noise. And it's nice when you get a guy like like Danny Davis, who seemed to have a little bit of moxie coming in, a little bit of swagger, a little bit of you know arrogance, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it, it was refreshing, like a couple of weeks ago when camp started, and they talk about you know preseason and expectations and stuff. And he's now fully ingratiated into that Wisconsin mentality that we're tuning that out. We're just going to do our thing. And I think that that's nice. It it brings down that sort of lofty expectation from the outside, and you know, there's a nice, nice little bubble around Camp Randall in Madison that they don't tune any of that in. I mean, yeah, they hear it, but they don't they don't give any credence to it. Well, and I think it helps that Paul Christ is such a mellow, doesn't Seriously. you know, he doesn't say anything stupid. You know, controversial kind of guy. So Except for the turnover chain. There's well, you know, that's kind of all in good that's, fun. That, but that's the heat of the moment. There's no, you know, there's no controversy. You know, there's nothing to get people riled up that he's, you know, he said something about another program or you know what. No, he he doesn't go, no, go that route. No, he he's not. He doesn't take a shot at Ohio State no. over this, you know, Urban Meyer stuff or whatever. I mean, he's he's a pretty well respected guy throughout. You know, college football and the NFL, a lot of people, you know, say good things about him. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, he seems to know how to handle himself. Harbaugh going to be on the hot seat this year? I mean, he's. I don't think he's probably fulfilled any expectations that I think he's got to be just him. because of what they're paying him. I and, mean, and, he, and, and because he's from the, Well, I mean, and he kind of, you know, he came in with all this fanfare and right. he, he, he kind of set the bar for himself, you know, saying okay. we're going to get back to prominence and national titles and all that kind of stuff. What's he and, brought him? Yeah, not much. But in fairness to him, he his quarterback situation not the last good. couple of years has been really bad. Not you know, good. He's had some transfer, tra- kids transfer in, kid transfer out, some injuries. So, you know, it sounds like he's got a pretty good one this year. I think it's a grad transfer and... uh you know, better than the true freshman at Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be really curious to see how that turns see out. See if he r- makes it through the, the season boat. with with uh, without getting hurt. Seriously, you know, I mean, it's great if you can if you have the number one quarterback recruit and you don't have anybody left, and you're an Alabama or uh, a Texas or a USC or a Florida State. Okay, you can probably say. You might take a few lumps, but I mean, if you're the number one recruit and you're surrounded on a team of studs, 
you're probably going to do okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what you got at Minnesota. Well, you, you know there's going to be a couple games where he gets sacked like 10, 11 times. You know what I mean? Like when they play Ohio State or the Badgers, somebody really good, and they just get crushed up front, and he's just back there running for his life. <laughs> if that happens in the last game for the Axe, that will just be, oh, man. Yeah. I love that. So you got your Bucks tickets, huh? Yeah, I got tickets for the opener. I'm excited for it. They had the open house on mm-hmm. uh on Sunday, had a huge turnout. Did they? Yeah, they said like forty thousand people showed up. Like throughout, really? throughout the day, they had an open house. They had a whole you didn't whole think thing about going on. I couldn't. I had plans that right. day, unfortunately. Right. But, but but you got your you got tickets for the opener. I do. Yep. Yep. I got All some right. uh, bought some tickets on StubHub. My my dad and I will be going. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, it'll be a fun time. Fun time. Pfizer Forum. Anything that I mean, they they doing any fanfare for the. First couple of weeks, I mean, they had, um, I know they had the Wisconsin Sports Awards for my old company mm-hmm. um, in there a couple of weekends ago, and it was at the, at the forum, but all the Bucks they were out, out east somewhere doing something. Yeah, they're no, out in New York kind of having a de facto little mini camp. Okay. But, right. uh, yeah, I don't know if they're doing a bunch, of, a lot of that. I know they, they do have a couple of preseason games there this year. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think usually usually during training camp, it, when they used to have an open practice at the Bradley Center, I would assume they'll probably do that again mm-hmm. where everybody can come in for free and hang out. So um, they got some stuff going on, but, you know, it's 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 coming fast. Training camp's only about three weeks away, which is crazy because, you know, they moved the schedule up last year from end of October to middle mm-hmm. October, so bumped training camp up into mid-September. So I think they're, you know... Late September, they're already playing preseason games. So now, where are you looking at? And again, you're the basketball guy of this duo here. But with the move with the Raptors and the Spurs, and then LeBron leaving Cleveland, what does that do to the East and Milwaukee's chances? I guess of finishing and keep climbing that ladder, finishing in the top half, so that they don't have to play on the road for the first round of the playoffs. Well, it would certainly bump them up a spot. Um, it. it it opens up the opportunity to win the division. Uh, it should be between them and Indiana. Um, you know, and a lot of people, especially nationally, kind of criticize the divisions and divisions in basketball don't matter. But, you know, they actually do. I mean, if you win your division, you're guaranteed a top four seed. So you are guaranteed okay. home court advantage in the first round. So it'd be nice to be able to get that. Um, you know, Boston went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without their two best guys. Hayward and uh, and Kyrie Irving, so they're going to be the favorite. Philadelphia, very good, Get, young. Better, yeah. You know, they're getting better. They're going to be the favorite. Although they lost a couple guys and didn't really replace them, um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Toronto getting Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is is a uh, is an upgrade over DeRozan. It, is. it might okay. only be for one year. Uh, he very well might leave at the end of the season, but um, they're going to be good again. And uh, you know, the Bucks should be right there in that top four. You would hope. Um, it's it's kind of time for this group, you know, the the Middleton Giannis Bledsoe group. Um, they kind of got to either make a step this year, or the the management's going to have to look at some stuff because Bledsoe and Middleton are free agents at, at the end of this year. And, and I and I remember that they've made a couple of offseason moves, and I remember texting you when I was seeing reaction on Twitter from a lot of people that I know that like basketball and follow the Bucks and. They weren't really thrilled with a lot of them, and then I—I I mean, I go to you for this stuff, and your immediate response was, 
these are some of the guys that they need. It'll be a perfect complement, you know, that kind of thing. So you you kind of went the opposite way of what I was hearing yeah. and, what, and, and what I was reading. A lot of people didn't like the Ursan Ilyasova right. signing. Yes. Um, in a in a way, when they signed him, I pretty much knew that Jabari was gone because they play the same position. Um, but you know they're they're paying Ursan. I think it's a three year deal, like twenty one million, so seven a year. But the third year is a team option, so it's really only a two year deal. They signed Brooke Lopez one year deal, um, which is a guy that they really needed. I mean, the last few years, people that have watched the Bucks, whenever they've played a team with a big center, you know DeAndre Jordan, Andre Drummond. Um, Brooke Lopez, when he was on other teams, they, they've destroyed the Bucks. They just don't have any size. I mean, Thon and John Henson are not very bulky people, so they got pushed around a lot. So I think those guys will help. Um, you know, are they going to win the East? Probably not. Um, but I think they have an opportunity to make the Eastern Conference Finals, especially with Giannis and you know um, some of these other guys step up. And you know, there's always injuries too. It's just like the NFL. It's hard to pick this stuff. You know. Somebody on on Philadelphia, Embiid's had a lot of injury history. He could get hurt again, and all of a sudden they're just a you know a middle of the pack team. So you never know. Is there an intangible part to the new arena, like when when, I think when Miller year, Park opened up yeah, for the Brewers? I there think was so. This kind of this really big, and maybe not the talent was where it should have been, but there was re-energizing, and the Bucks don't necessarily need that per se because I think there's already growing interest and growing confidence. But this kind of might. Just take that up a couple of more It'll, notches. It I guess. certainly will give you a lot more buzz in the arena, especially early in the season. Um, one thing I always hated about the Bradley Center is it it just never it never gave you like a a home court advantage feel. I mean, I was there for a lot of playoff games over the years, and it would get rocking. But you know, it was kind of only then it would get rocking. And uh, I think with Giannis kind of entering his prime, this new arena, I mean, if you're not going to go watch the Bucks now, you're never going to go, you know. New arena, one of the best Top guys five in the players league. in the league, in his prime, good team. See, and I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but you, I mean, we, we went to a yeah, game. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I had fun. I love watching Dirk Nowitzki. He's yeah. looking like he was going to topple the over. Mummy. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I like... I like going to those. I like seeing the the arena. I like seeing the players. The, you know the game atmosphere. I don't follow the game necessarily as um, as well as. But it's a, a lot a different lot seeing those guys in person oh, than it is for on TV. Sure, you kind of appreciate just Absolutely. exactly how big they are and how small that court is. Well, and to me, and I guess what struck me, okay, you see a guy drain a shot on TV, and it's like, okay, it's a lot different when you're <laughs> yeah. seeing them seeing them in space mm -hmm. and how close and how fast they're moving mm -hmm. and just how accurate those yeah. shots are yeah, and how quick they got to pull them off. No question. That, that to me was one of the biggest things because I've never been an NBA guy. I've been, you know, I could probably count on both hands how many Bucks games I've been to, sure. but really when you start paying attention and watching basketball and, and you're not as into the game as a lot of people, that is what struck me. So I, I'll be curious. I don't know whether I'm going to get there. For the uh, for the first year of the forum, but I'm I'm kind of curious. We might be able to finagle some free tickets somewhere down the line. You never know. I have to slip a <laughs> note under the GM's door yeah. before we leave. But <laughs> you wanted to talk about Manu? Yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, it was announced yesterday. Manu Ginobili retired. Um, it was kind of funny uh, listening to everybody kind of wax poetic about him the last day and a half about his career, and and uh, he was one of those guys that just drove 
me nuts because <laughs> of the way he played. He was super herky jerky, unorthodox, left handed. He kind of, you know, he'd been in the league since 02, I believe. And he was kind of the one of the first guys to really get into the whole flopping thing. Uh-oh. You know, he kind of like the, you know, the dead fish out of water going to the <laughs> basket, but he could always slop these shots in and in, in huge moments. And, um, you know, two time all star. Third team NBA twice, four titles, um, and he was the best player on what is basically Argentina's 1980 hockey version of their team. Oh, sure, for the basketball team when they beat the U.S. Yep. and won the gold medal in the '04 Olympics, and you know he'll probably go down as the second greatest player ever out of South America behind a guy named Oscar Schmidt who played overseas for years and scored like 10,000 points more than. Wilt Chamberlain, um, so Hall of Fame guy. Then. Yeah, so he he'll be uh-huh. a Hall of Famer, and it's just kind of interesting. But you know, since well, since what nineteen ninety eight when Duncan was drafted, I was a junior in high school. Your senior year, the Spurs have been good, and now finally Duncan's gone, Parker's gone, Ginobili's gone, gone, Kawhi Leonard's gone. <laughs> the only guy left's Popovich. <laughs> And I think in the next year or two he may be walking away. So kind of, of kind of an end of an era All with right. uh, with the Spurs. I saw something on Twitter today, and you and I talked about it briefly. And we got a couple of minutes left. Um, the high school popularity yeah, yeah, yeah. contest that's this. happening with super teams, which has now become popular as far as basketball is concerned. This yeah. doesn't happen in really any other sport. Thanks, LeBron. Nice legacy. There's this. <laughs> There is a lot of school choice where it's where you know like in Janesville and some of the other communities you're you're free to go you know different places and I, I know there's been a couple of options with different sports kids in town who have played in the off season of whatever sport they specialize in then they split up when school starts and some of the kids are like maybe a loner on their school team and they want to play with the friends that they've been playing with. And you can understand a a move to the other side of town where it doesn't make a difference really academically, but it's a difference and a, maybe a big boost if the kid's good at a particular sport. Now you're seeing that, especially at Nicolet so far this, this summer, where the best player from Sun Prairie, Jalen Johnson, who's getting offers you know thrown in his mailbox daily. By everybody. From every program yeah. in the country. Yep. And he announced that he's transferring to Nicolet and his family's going to move there and his brother's going to go there. And it's all he's played with those guys in the AAU team. Um, they got another guy coming in. And then I just tweeted out last day. They got another one coming in. So, I mean, they have a bona fide super team coming to Nicolet this basketball season. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting that Michigan has some sort of a law that prohibits transfers in high school for players that, I I, I forget the exact it, it, it wording. Was, it was basically, if you play with... If you're gonna tra- if you're gonna transfer to a new school, you can't go to a school with a bunch of guys, guys who you, you play AU with. We, right. In that that's not in right. school competition. Correct. They can't be they can't be your summer league buddies. And apparently that was just held up in court. Yes. And I know um Travis Wilson, who does a lot with the Wisconsin you know, Wisports um dot net, he said expect the WIAA to come out with something like that now in 
with this revelation of this Nicolay super team that's forming for the next season. I mean, I don't know who's going to beat them. Um, well, just, they're in their division two, just on paper. Right. Division two. I they, mean, they'd probably be the best team in division one. No, the, no yeah, question. They'll be the best team in the state, and they're in division two. So, um, but, but you don't think the WI is going to pull the trigger on that? On what? The the, the trying to come up with this law or this um, rule? I, I wouldn't be surprised. It'll depend on how much um, complaining goes on from from some of the other districts and some of the other coaches. Well, you know, Sun Prairie is gonna. I mean, I'm I, sure they're not happy, and I'm sure that the the schools in Nicolay's conference and sectional aren't very happy either. When I go up there on Friday, I should talk to a couple. Yeah, people. Yeah, you should see if Just you can get some info. Kind of get the temperature of. Yeah, so like like if I mention the the name Jalen Johnson, am I just going to get <laughs> clobbered with popcorn and I don't know soft pretzels? Or I'm, something, I'm sure but. it's a sore subject up there, but you know, it, I was talking to my dad about it uh, yesterday, and it, it's just one of these things. And I'm I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are involved in in high school uh, basketball and in youth basketball that would totally disagree with me on this. But to me, from the outside looking in. These kids all want to win. Of course. I'm not sure they want to compete. Right. And that's concerning to me. As as somebody who, that's the whole reason that I got into sports was the competition. It's why I still watch it. You know, when you see, especially at, the, at a youth level, at the NBA it's different because those guys are all professionals. But when you stack a high school team, it's really not fair because the other team's just based on your community, they can't compete. And it, it's kind of sad that, you know, these kids now, they don't really have any, like, civic pride, like school pride, like back when we played. And and, and I hate to sound like, you know, the old guy, get off my lawn, but, you know, we, we go around, we do 45 high school games, boys and yep. girls a year, and, and we see, um, you know, kind of what goes on and what transpires and it's it's a lot different than it used to be um it's it's become so much more about getting noticed individually as a player than it is about you know um getting your team to where you want to go i mean you know these are for for the most part when you're playing high school sports these are your buddies that you grew up with as right. little kids and you had dreams of of winning a conference and and going to state and all that and and to just ditch those guys and to go somewhere else because the pastures look a little greener. I don't know. Do you put any of of that on the parents, though, I guess? I mean, I realize when you're in Johnson's situation, he could have stayed at Sun Prairie and he could have kept getting the offers and he could have had his pick of where he wanted to go. There's no other reason for him to make this move other than to be a state champion. It doesn't do anything else for his resume right now for where he wants to go. I don't know what it's going to do to improve his game even more than where it is now. I mean, I, I don't really see what what bonus it is for the young man individually other than to be called a state champion. Well, so I mean and in if, his case, we don't know, you know, we, parents we, we don't and know jobs if, and all that. Well, and and the way they lost in the state tournament last year holding the ball, I've mm-hmm. I've heard some things that they were not happy with the coaching staff over that. It it cost them a possible chance at winning a state championship. Um I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's on one hand, you know, you say, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't force a kid to go to a school that he doesn't want to go to and blah, 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 blah. I get all that. But, you know, sometimes a parent's got to step in and say, no, um, that's not real common anymore. Most <laughs> people let their kids do whatever the hell they want when yep. the hell they want. 
And uh, it's just unfortunate. Um, you know, it, it's, I don't know. The competition's just not what it used to be. <clears throat> well, uh, it's just really troubling to me because when you get so many programs, whether it's volleyball, whether it's swim, whether it's football, when you get when you have kids that are homegrown, and you see the cyclical nature of the ebbs and flows of the program, and the ups and the downs, and then you just can solve it by, hey, we play all this time together. Let's all go to this school. Let's all convince our parents to do it, and somehow it all happens. And what does that do to the other kids that have been? like you said, working sure. in the conference or in the division to become the best and put all this time looking forward to their junior, senior year when all the, you know, everything's coming together and we're going to be firing on all cylinders. And now another team can just do whatever they want and acquire four different players from outside of their community. And they're automatically just absolutely going to blow your doors off. Well, you know what, what is you're seeing is, you know, for for years there were certain schools and certain sports that were powers in those sports. Right. Year in and year out, they had a program. And now what you're seeing is, uh, remember a couple years ago, Germantown, they had Luke, yeah. F- they had Luke yep. Fisher who went to Marquette, they had Show Walter who went to Wisconsin, they had uh, a Buchanan kid who ended up going to Buffalo. Um, they had two or three other kids, but like half the team bust in from Milwaukee. Right. That's, so well, it's that's... not it's not Germantown. It's like north side Milwaukee area high school, basically. And then when those kids are all gone, not only do they leave, then the coach leaves because the kids on the team were his kids and he wants to go watch them. And then now all of a sudden the program is back to being what it used to be, which is just kind of a run-of-the-mill school. So I don't know. Just just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'll be curious to see, and I don't know how the process works what the WIA is going to do, if anything, if they can do anything, whether they call over to Michigan and be like, hey, you know that that law or that rule that you guys got going <laughs> yeah. on? Why don't you tell us all about that? Yeah. And you really haven't heard about it in Wisconsin up until now. No. I mean, this, if it happens, maybe it's one guy and nobody's kind of like, oh, okay, they're going to go play over there. Fine. Yeah. But for the high caliber players that it seems like Nicolay's getting all at once, mm-hmm. you just kind of are worried that this is going to be a trend because you have talked about it on our broadcast and even off air about how the pro game is being mimicked a lot at the yeah. sub levels. Yeah. And now if they say that, well, if they're going to get a super team and it improves their chances to win. Why can't we? Like I said, man, this is kind of the legacy of LeBron. I mean, he started it, and and it's it's trickled down into all levels. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it could be a bad thing in the long haul, but we'll see. I wouldn't mind calling one of their games just N- to Nicolet? see. Yeah, just to see what it's. It'd like. It'd be a short game. It'd be a it'd be a lot the of running, running clock. clock in the second half. All right, another week in the books. We were going to do our top five video game athletes. We'll have to shelve that till a later episode. That's a nice tease, Greenberg. <laughs> Please, don't even. They want him to do, somebody wants him to do more. I know. They're going to have a podcast with him. Oh, <sighs> give me a break. Overload. I, I can't. I haven't listened to, obviously. Just put him and Skip Bayless in a submarine and a microphone and just send them away. <laughs> They're just too much of both of them. 
Let them, let them talk to each other. <laughs> I'm Josh. We appreciate you listening. Maybe next week we'll have a name for this thing. But until then, you can subscribe on iTunes. Find us on there. And uh, hopefully talk to you next week right before the start of the season. Yes, sir. Thursday we'll night. Try to, we'll, we'll try to have some picks for, uh, yeah. for playoff picks next week, yeah, too. We'll, so. we'll do that before the start of the NFL season. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.